You're listening to the Bragman Breakdown Podcast. Here's your host, Jackson Bragman. Welcome to the Couch Squash Show, episode two. I'm your host, Jackson Bragman, alongside my co-host, the head coach of the University of Pennsylvania men's squash team, the number one ranked in the entire nation, University of Pennsylvania men's squash team, it is the one and only Gilly Lane joining me for what is a jam-packed episode uh, here. Number two, we're doing this with Tim LaSusa, who we already interviewed uh, earlier this morning. Tim was super generous with his time, gave us about just under an hour, I think, that we we chatted with him, and it was really good to hear from him. He is the head coach of the women's squash team of the Georgetown Hoyas, and it was really great to chat with Tim. And uh, well, first, Gilly, where are my manners? How are you today? How, how are you doing? Yeah, what's, I'm, what's I'm great. I'm, I'm great. I'm excited for uh, for show number two. I, I I don't. I'm not as excited about the hat that you've chosen for for our pod, given my uh, loyalty to the Eagles, and you know your and your Lions now are um, are, are are knocking on the door. I think you know. I, I, we're on the we're on the struggle bus right now, uh, losing losing three in a row, and and uh, they are ascending. So I don't know whether right. that was a um, a flex on your part, but it's a good flex. And I uh, yeah, perhaps an intentional I... flex, but I think it's a flex nonetheless. <laughs> yeah, that's something that I, I drive. Um, that's something you and my coach, um, Coach Mike, back at uh, the Edison have in common. Is is I, I do like to rub rub in his face uh, as much eagle slander as I can because yeah obviously and, and he says yeah we we welcome the hate we let everyone hates us it's it's Philadelphia against the I, world and that's that's the mindset it is, it is us against the world I love it and uh we wouldn't want it any other way um but right. I'm doing great um you know it's it's exciting um it was great to have Tim on this morning um such a great such a great guy doing great things in college squash um obviously you know competed at a high level uh, at St. Lawrence during a time when they were um, probably the best they ever were in the program's history. Um, and then, you know, to hear about his story about how he, he got into college squash, came back, uh, you know, via Dave Talbot, the legend that he is, and, you know, and then his his journey to Georgetown. And I just think it speaks, you know, to everything that we want this pod to be about. Um, you know, the journey of, you know, maybe not necessarily being the most highly sought after uh, junior recruit and 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 he'll talk about that to then being able to compete for a national championship um and then to go on and and, and lead a brand new program and, and in three years is it's one of the up-and-coming programs in, in all of college squash and and for me as someone who loves college squash it is an amazing story to any athletic director that wants to get squash at their school because guess what you can be very successful in a really short amount of time and you can provide so much opportunity to so many great student athletes that love this sport across the country and across the world. Um, so it was just great. And I thought, I thought we had a great conversation. He was, um, you know, enthusiastic as he always is. And he's just a great guy. And, um, and I, I definitely think that um, the girls that play for his team are, are extremely lucky to have him as a coach. Yeah. That's, that's kind of the dominator. I think of the two guests we've had on so far. And obviously I know they're two, two friends of yours and that's, um, that's part of it, but two, yeah, two just high energy, great guys. You can tell they're like definitely players, coaches. And, um, yeah, the, to me, the most interesting part, which we got into is how, and he mentioned this, that they're, it's so rare for someone to get an opportunity, even like you didn't have this or the overwhelming majority of coaches across the country didn't have the opportunity to take over a program and start, start it really from scratch. 
because it's a club team without a coach for all these years. And he comes in and he's the kind of the first one uh, to be, he's literally the first coach in program history. So when you come in, you know, at, at Penn Gilly, and we, we, we touched about how you don't really want to ruffle too many feathers. You don't want to change everything at the drop of a hat just because you're the new head coach. You kind of have to ease into things and you, you over time establish um, kind of the nuances of your culture and what you want to establish at Penn while also, while not, whilst not necessarily messing with the history and the, the culture that is already in place, he can kind of set the culture however he wants, which can be disastrous in many cases. And and for him, it, it's been very successful and he's, he's done an outstanding job, obviously. And he's in a very short amount of time, he's really uh, taking this program to great heights and it's, it's a great school and it's, it's good to see. So, uh, so we will hear from Tim shortly, but Gilly and I are going to be doing kind of these updates slash introductions at the beginning of these episodes before we get to our interviews on any given week we may have one interview we may have multiple interviews i think at some points we're going to maybe do roundtables where we have multiple guests on at once and kind of talk about whatever topic we feel is um is worth discussing or is prominent but for today it's the one guest and tim was excuse me tim was fantastic and we're going to do a little little update and then we're going to do a little bit of a junior open uh u.s junior open um update as well as the u.s junior open just concluded we're recording this wednesday so it concluded a couple days ago this past monday from philadelphia so obviously it's in uh in gilly's backyard uh primarily being played at the specter center and uh we are going to kind of touch on some of his observations and uh kind of sights and scenes from the u.s junior open this past weekend for college coaches who are there for recruiting purposes uh first though let's talk about last weekend's round of matches it was the last set of matches for a couple weeks i believe match play will resume january 5th a few teams have matches that weekend the 5th through the 7th uh returning from christmas and new year's break but for now there's kind of a little bit of a gap in the schedule as everyone is home for the holidays but this past weekend saw a few interesting matches for the most part chalk across the board however there were two very interesting matchups one on the men's side and one on the women's side that we wanted to highlight so gilly why don't you talk about the big woman's match of the week that potentially will have some major implications when it comes to national championship contention yeah totally so you know we we talked last week about uh the top 12 um being so important this year as it's as 12 teams will make the the a draw for the national championship um and so uh the highlight match of that last final weekend was was tufts um, beating uh, Amherst uh, 7-2. Um, you know, Amherst uh, with wins at number four with uh, Yana Sharma beating Maria Arsenev, uh 3-2. And then um, Callie Delalio uh, winning 3-2 against Elisa Burhan um, at number five. But uh, with all actually the rest of the matches, um, you know, going pretty pretty heavily in favor of Tufts, but um, that was a, it's a huge match. It was something I know that I'm sure both teams were, were really marking on their calendars as one of the bigger matches of the season, given their ranking placements. And, and right now, if you look at where they are ranked, um, I believe that Tufts is 12 and Amherst is, is, is 13. So it's a massive match, um, this early in the season, specifically for that spot. Um, you know, I know, 
uh, the Jumbos would be happy with that result. And, you know, and, and while there weren't a ton of matches on this final weekend, that that ha- that held a lot of significance. And it's definitely something that we wanted to point out um, as, a, as a really big result going into the winter break. Yeah, so on the women's side, obviously huge in terms of that 12-team playoff, and it really introduces the opportunity, as we touched on last week. If you haven't heard episode one, by the way, go check it out. We had Joe Rejo on, who's actually the coach of the men's and women's team for Tufts, uh, and he was chatting about, he was chatting with us a little bit about those playoff implications, where instead of eight teams, now you have 12, which really opens up contention to kind of a new tier of teams to kind of put themselves in that A bracket. And while it's unlikely that we're going to see teams ranked 11th, 12th in the country, you know, in in that final weekend of the season, maybe you know finishing you know as semifinalists or as finalists, it is so huge for those programs to get into that A bracket to get a taste of that top tier competition as much as possible, and also for recruiting purposes. Hey, look, we're competing for a national championship. We're in the A bracket. You can come play for us with a guy like you. We can go to the next level. It's so much easier. It makes that recruiting pitch so much easier for. Um, for those top guys at the top of the rankings when you are um, kind of in that in that A block and when you are um, competing at such a high level. And it, it opens up room for upsets and, and for more interesting first-round matchups. Obviously, those first those, those top four teams are going to have a bye, so it, it puts more emphasis on being in the top four. So if you're kind of undefeated and, you know, for, for instance, you, you guys, Gilly, at Penn are 7-0 right now, you guys can't really have too many matter whereas in the past maybe in years prior you guys could slip up a couple times and you you don't have to worry about being in the top eight you guys are going to be fine whereas now you you don't really have too many too much room for error because you have to make sure that you're in that top four if you want to get that extra buy you don't want to be playing your fourth match on championship sunday of the weekend you would ideally like to be playing your third if possible so um and then obviously when you're when it's five versus twelve uh, there's a lot more room for upset than uh, one versus yeah. eight, and it, it kind of uh, introduces the parity element as well. So obviously that is all um, that's all huge. And when we look at the men's side, uh, mo- more likely than not, not necessarily any a bracket national championship contention ramifications to this matchup. But we did want to highlight a matchup between number thirty Connecticut College and number twenty nine Wesleyan. Uh, obviously, two teams could not get in the rankings, and Wesleyan came on top six to three. Interesting looking at this one because the top three for Con College very strong. Hudson Dunn playing number one for Con College one three zero in that match, um, and Sam Sam Lovejoy, who is the brother of friend of the program Spencer Lovejoy, and one of the top pros in in all of Yale squash. Uh, Sam got the win at the number two spot for Con. Unfortunately, it looks like Khan is a little bit weaker at the bottom of the lineup, and that ultimately uh, resulted in them kind of getting swept in that four through nine range and ultimately losing the match. I can speak to Wesleyan as I, you know, I've um, I, I saw them play, and Denison had the opportunity to play them a couple of weeks ago, and it, it is a um, a good team at different spots in the lineup, and I think they definitely added themselves more on their depth. I know that um, in terms of our, our top, um, it was the only match of that of um, our last playing weekend where our top three all won, and they all won relatively 
com comfortably, similar to the top three of Khan College, but then we had to fight kind of for those matches uh, in the middle of the lineup as well. The um, the number seven, the number eight, the you know, you know, kind of that, yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, literally the the, the four through nine were were all battles. There were, there were no easy wins um, from from four on downwards, and we we were fortunate to pick up the win five four. But it wasn't it was it was not looking uh, promising at one point in that match. So the, it is a tough team. It is a very balanced team, um, and they kind of pride themselves a little bit more on depth. Uh, and that quickly before we do move on, Gilly, I think that kind of poses an interesting question: is in terms of two different programs, you're kind of at two different spots where if you're, if you're a school like Khan college and you kind of have a few really good players at the top uh, and you maybe have a number one that can go out and beat the number one at schools ranked higher than you. Do you think moving forward, let's say those guys are not seniors and not set to graduate and you have enough of these guys that are underclassmen, is that a better spot to be in where you have all these you know, these super talented guys, but then the bottom of your lineup is kind of less depth or less deep. Um, or would you say it's a, it's maybe a better position to start out with a lot of depth on your roster. And then you have to, you know, maybe you have to go out and get a couple top recruits, but then you, then you know that you're going to have, you know, you're going to be really strong and solid always at the eight and nine spot um, as opposed to kind of being really strong right. at the top, but then you'll always kind of have to worry about your, your eight and nine. I mean, it's a great question. I just think it's one of those things that it's a year to year challenge for all of us coaches, right? So, you know, this isn't pro sports. We we lose players, that, you know, we, we cycle out in new players every every year and, and then we lose players every year. So years that you're going to be um, in your program, you're going to be top heavy and then other years you're going to be deeper. And so um, there's there's some years where you're completely relying on your depth, you know, the five through nine spots and and actually, you know, if people ask you, well, what's the strength of your order? You know, everyone always talks about, well, you guys play challenges to decide who's, you know, who's the best. Well, sometimes the best is is the middle of your order because, you know, you might have the same level one through nine, right? So when you go against teams that might have a really good one, two, and three, you might struggle on those positions. But other years, you might have a really good one, two, and three, and you need to, you know, you, you, you might need to win at the top. And I think that's that's one of the exciting things for us as coaches is that each and every year we're trying to figure out um, who we need to recruit, what do we need to replace, where we need to be stronger. And that goes into the, you know, into our recruiting kind of, you know, matrix is it's, it's kind of, all right, where do we need help? What's our identity? And I think, you know, and, and Jackson, you and I talk about a lot of different sports, you know, all sports teams have identities and, and, and a lot of, um, programs, you know, and I, you go back to like, you know, Villanova basketball, for instance, Villanova under Jay Wright always wanted to play a certain way and they wanted a certain type of player, right? So certain programs are known for always being deep. Okay, they're always going to take a certain guys, but maybe they're not a girl and they may not be, um, you know, they may not have the best number one, but that number one might be the same level as number nine. And so it's tough for teams to to, to beat them at the bottom. And then there's other teams that want to go after and, and go after, let's see if we can get five number ones on our team, you know, and, and we've seen that in, in squash history too. So I think that those are all the exciting things that go into the processes. And, and for us that, you know, and obviously I coach against it, but I think it's, it's, it's fun to kind of look at it and say, Oh, okay. Why would they choose that method or go down that path? So, so it's just something that allows it's good. It's good coffee talk, you know, for sure. Right. 
would you say then in a given year when you're recruiting guys, do you, is that part of, is there like a strategy to it? And you're not always necessarily go like shooting for the biggest and best players given your roster that's returning. Are you kind of maybe thinking like, okay, this year, maybe I'm going to be a little bit more, we, we have really, really strong players at the top. I'm going to be a little bit more conservative and try to get more, um players that i think are going to play that that have a realistic chance of playing four through six as opposed to going after a couple long shots that would play on you know, the in the top three for us yeah i think it's really easy to say okay well i'm going to go after the best player that i can possibly get right but i think i think it's also i i think a lot of us are are, are or i shouldn't say a lot of us i should say there's definitely thought behind it where okay well we need to improve in this area so we're going to look for somebody that fits our program fits our style fits our culture but then also can maybe um strengthen a weakness that we have and so um every coach is looking at okay who graduates who graduates in two years like where do i need to replace can i replace somebody in this class or should i try to replace a different area and then in the following class i'll look at replacing that so each coach goes about it a different way um and I think if you can, you can kind of figure that out based on tendency and, and, and people, you know, that they, that they are recruiting year in and year out. Um, and so, you know, it'd be interesting to see these teams right in a year and see how the teams that we just talked about and see where they strengthen and, and what kind of, um, what kind of kind of recruiting strategy they go, they go with, you know, do they, do they shore up in the areas or try to look for areas that, um, where they may have lost matches, you know, in the previous year, or, you know, do they go with what's been working and, and maybe know that it's going to be tough at the top or tough at the bottom, but, you know, go with that method. That's kind of, you know, some, that's, that's the interesting, one of the interesting parts about our job. Yeah. And it, it's funny to think about like, like, look at kind of where, where these coaches are in their careers and you like a guy like Scott Brown. And I think he's, he's just gotten to con. And I think this is his second season, I believe. And, play college squash obviously and has been at Yale the past couple of years with he was there with um with Tim and is is an incredibly passionate guy and is trying to build the backup so we'll see like if a guy like, like a guy like that who's once again trying to establish his and put his mark on on program like yeah how does he adapt and what will his strategy be given his roster right now yeah you know, where how, how and where does he uh move forward with that program and that, that, that it's really totally. interesting to, to kind of see because there are you know, a lot of those new coaches and all these coaches bouncing around and then um and then you have like the long tenure coaches and it's like how does you know what's the the, the mike way method or the paul asiante method and and you know how did, how did those guys do it and and um you know i think it's worth uh that's definitely worth noting given how much uh success those guys have had over the years so recruiting is um, is always one of the most fascinating topics when it comes to college squash. And you were doing some recruiting this past weekend, as were the majority of the varsity squash coaches around the country this past weekend at the U.S. Junior Open. Over a thousand juniors, you you told me when we hopped on the Zoom playing in the U.S. Junior Open, and it was a huge weekend for junior squash, the biggest junior squash event in the world. Uh, what were kind of some of the sights and sounds? As I like to say, your boots on the grounds. Obviously, it's it's right right in your backyard at, at the Specter Center, and and you didn't have to go far. Um, but talking to different coaches and maybe kind of watching different players and watching watching the juniors this year. What were some of your big takeaways from from the weekend um, at the U.S. Junior Open? Yeah, for sure. Well, you know, I have to I have to make sure that 
following the guidelines of you know what we can say and what we can't say but right. you know the 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 biggest thing the takeaway was just the sheer number of of kids i mean having a thousand juniors at a, at a, at a tournament is is incredible um so u.s squash has done a great job of promoting it and and it's it's now worked the u.s open has now worked its way into the one of the premier junior tournaments in the world i would say with um you know the asian junior championships um along with the British Junior Open and the World Juniors. So I would I would call those, you know, probably the four biggest tournaments of the year uh, and the Europeans as well. So I'd say five. Um, so many great kids, so many great kids coming. I think there was around 31 coaches there this weekend. So everyone's everyone's there. And I think it's also an interesting time as well because um, all the schools are, are, are finally finding out that uh, which of their kids have gotten into early decision as well, you know, around this time too. So it's, right. it's kind of for programs, it's, it's, uh, they're looking at new players, but then they're also, um, um, they're looking at new players, but they're also finding out, you know, getting the answers from, from the admissions based on the, rec- the recruits they've been recruiting for a while. So it's an exciting time. It's, it's, um, it's exciting, you know, to see, the players that are going to, that are going to be part of your squad for the next year. But then obviously you're looking into the future as well. You know, the one thing that I would, I would say is that, you know, people want to come play college squash, you know, and it's, it's really exciting. And, um, you know, one of the things that, you know, I, I feel like that the reason it gets bigger and bigger and bigger is because people hear about college squash and want to be a part of it and want to be a part of the product and, and want to have that opportunity. And so, um, you know, it's not obviously a coincidence that that everyone's down there, and 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 obviously, you know, you're not traveling as far uh, to, to to international tournaments uh, as you are this one. So it's 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 right in home soil. Um, but you know, there was a, there was a there was a lot of great squash. I thought that was played in in the right manner. Um, there weren't there. You know, there's always going to be an incident or two, but. I would say that that this event wasn't characterized by any of that. It was characterized by good squash. And so um, it it is just considerably grown and grown and grown and grown each year um, with who is competing and the level that's competing in these tournaments. So it's really exciting to see. And and I I think, you know, in the back of our minds, we all know it's because, you know, people want to be a part of, what's going on in the States and, and, and what's going on, you know, the same, same thing that you're experiencing Jackson, you know, you, you just went through your first semester, right. you know, and, and it's, they want to have that, you know, you, it's crazy to think, but like you just, you just finished uh, one of your, you're one of eight down. So you only got seven yeah, semesters exactly. left, which is crazy. <laughs> so, so they, they, uh, they want to experience the same thing. And, and so, um, you know, not too many crazy takeaways, but, but, that that are out of the norm, but I just think the sheer number um, of players coming is, is is incredible. So I was wondering if you could take me through maybe one of the day, maybe like the most eventful for you. I don't know if it was if it was Monday or Tuesday or what which day was or maybe you know you know Saturday. But if you could kind of take me through like you know like a day in the life as a college squash coach at the U.S. Junior Open. You know, you wake up, you get there at what time? Like, are you kind of how what what percent of the time is talking to other coaches? Like, are you talking to other coaches about other players? Are you talking about other to other coaches about other stuff? Yeah. Are you ta- how much are you talking to players and recruits and like what was that whole kind well, of day look like? Well, yeah, per the rules, like we we can't speak to the kids during the day, so we can't speak to the kids until right. they're released from competition. So a lot of people would say once they're done with know, their once they have no more matches scheduled for the rest of the day, then then you're able to correct, them. correct, okay. approach them. But I think 
also there's there's also kind of that respect factor where um you know as a as a former player i wouldn't want to i wouldn't want ha- i wouldn't want anyone coming up to me um while i'm in the midst of a tournament kind of taking my mind off of the task at hand so um so there are a lot of rules associated around what what you can and can't do you can't talk to anyone that's that's not a that's not a junior so two years um so september 1st of uh junior years when people can start contacting or start talking with uh with with student athletes that are interested um so i think a lot of the college coaches tend to stay away they kind of they're in their own little um their own little area they're kind of focused on watching what they can watch and um and obviously analyzing you know different kids that they, they they are interested in so it's a long day of watching um you know obviously the squash world is very small so you see a, you, you end up running into some people whether you coach with them or you, or you or you or you played against them on tour um so little conversations like that but but there's no interaction there, there can't be any interaction from the coaches and the players so it's really it is it is all scouting you know just like you see it in the other sport and so coaches will analyze that and I think I think um, you know the first two days are very hectic, where you know players could have up to four matches, and you're you're getting a, a big sense of what somebody can do, and, and and analyzing all that. And then obviously, as to day three comes on Monday, that would be if they're still in the main draw, all the, the the quarters and the final and the and semis. And then so you know it's it's a it's a seven match weekend for for some if you if you're winning the whole thing and, and possibly right. even more if you're in a back draw. So it, it's a it's a heavy weekend, right? So, so matches in four um, days, keep in mind. Yeah, so two, especially two, if you're playing those upper age groups, you look at the pros. I mean, if 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 there's a 128 person draw, that's going to be you know that's going to be a played over what 10 days, the 12 days. So it's I mean right. it's like it's I mean it's grueling for I mean those those you know those those top juniors obviously. Totally. So the the under 19s was a 128. So. Um, two matches on, 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 on Saturday, two matches on Sunday, two matches on Monday. Um, and then one match on, on Tuesday, if you, if you made it to the final, that, that final day. So it, it's a, it's a, it's a grind. Man. It's a total grind. And, um, you know, just impressed with, with a lot of players ability to kind of still have that push in four days, because I think as we know, Jackson, like when they come to college, you're, you're mostly playing one match on Saturday and one match on Sunday. So they're playing seven matches over the course of four days. Right. And when we come to college, right. We're asking them to play two. So, um, you know, you're getting, you're trying to gain a lot of, invali- you know, a lot of things. You're trying to look at a lot of things and, um, you know, um, so it, it, it's a long day of watching. It's a long yeah. day of analyzing. It's a long day of um, trying to see who fits into your program stylistically. And then, and then when the tournament's over, if, if if they're of age, then then coaches are trying to um, have those discussions to see whether they fit those those players fit as well into the culture of the team as well. What what is the makeup for you typically in terms of meeting recruits and kind of maybe getting them on board? Would you say most of the guys that are on your roster right now are they guys that you've 
that you've scouted in person and kind of met at tournaments or do, do they reach out to you or do you, do you kind of reach out to them because you, you've seen them play online or how, how does that typically, or maybe you just heard about them and you, you, you kind of want to start contact with them. Like what's, what's for you at least the the biggest method when it, when it comes to recruiting? Yeah, it's, it's a combination of both. Right. And then that's a combination of, um, and we always say that, that players, players are the, are the best, you know, people in terms of, speaking you know positively about your about your program right so um you know in our past we've we've had a lot of great kids come through and and when people want to be a part of that they see people that they've known and have had good experiences right so it's really a combination of all of that and, and that process for all of us coaches though starts september 1st when we can start speaking with 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 uh, rising juniors and so that connection those conversations are had then and then and then those players are kind of tracked you know for the next year year and a half and and so all these events and all the anything is just another part of that tracking and another part of that process and and through that time all these players get to meet coaches get to meet players get to meet the programs and get to understand okay well this place values this or this place values that and i want to go play for that person i want to play with this person all of those different things, right? And so during that time and all those conversations that are being had, those players are also playing in tournaments. So they're getting results and everything like that. And so they're playing against their contemporaries and, and people that might be in, in the recruiting class and things like that. So it's just like any other sport. When, you know, I think today was signing day for college football. Um, yeah. You know, and, and obviously college football, big money, NIL deals, the whole the whole thing. There's a lot of kids jumping, um, you know, schools at the last second, um, and that could be from coaching changes or you know who's offering them the best deal. Uh, we don't really have that in squash right yeah, I was now. Say, Gilly, uh, so, Gilly, how what's the NIL makeup of your team? What kind of <laughs> what kind of deals have you? Not too not too many right now. I wish I was you know with my Sand Valley hat right now. That'd be that'd be a good golf place to to have a deal with um but uh you're listening yeah exactly exactly um but i mean it's not like that in in that regard so um you know the connections are made pretty early and 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 and, um people you know tend to stick with stick with those connections and, and and um go down that go down that path with whatever school they're looking at uh, wanna, I want I want to give a, a shout out too because um to um my buddy Rishi Rishi uh, Rishi uh, I'm sure you saw some of him playing um this weekend and obviously it was the boys under 19 champion I don't know if you had a chance to see um his semifinal match or his, his final match against Zafa I don't know if you have any quick thoughts on on him and obviously he's he's um in his senior year now he's coming to play uh for Yale next year and he's he seems very excited about that and just announced his commitment last week. So I, I don't know if you have any quick thoughts on, on him or um, if there are any players, any other players on either the men's or women's side that kind of stuck out, stuck out to you as um big performance that could, that could potentially be, you know, dominant players in college squash over the next four years. Yeah. Well, I can't really um, comment on any just from a, okay. from a recruiting rules kind of perspective. Okay. Um, since Rishi is, is, is done, I can, I can, I can say, you know, um, he's going to be a fantastic player for Yale. And, um, you know, I think anyone that wins um, the U.S. Junior Open under 19, um, that's a big tournament to win. 
and and it's a massive tournament to win and and, and it puts you um you know on the international map and i think people already know who he is and um his 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 level of play um you know um there's a really talented group there um in that in that under 19s and so um i'm just you know it, it's great for him and and i know i'm sure he, you know i'm sure he's really excited about it and 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 obviously um you know winning that title is is pretty prestigious and um you know Miguel Rodriguez won it when I played in that tournament and he beat, I lost to him in the semifinals. So, you know, he's, he's a player that's won it. He got the, he got the yeah. three or four in the world. Um, just trying to think off the top of my head, you know, who, who else has won that tournament? Well, Ali Abu uh, won it. Okay. There you uh, go. His, his freshman year um, at Penn, which was awesome. Um, I think Andrew Douglas won it as well once were you able to coach um, um ollie or did you did he coach ollie oh tournament? so we can't coach any any kids in outside events so okay. when they're playing in psa or they're playing in a junior tournament they have to be coached by um we can only coach um our kids when they are playing for penn or um, right. any school that's that's a that's a college interesting school. Well, now that Ali's graduated, or a guy like Bjorn, like I know Dylan Huang and Gail's just graduated, right. you're, are you yes. able to hypothetically coach those guys in PSA? Technically, events? yes. Yeah, okay. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So once they're once they're not playing for the school, uh, the, the former coach can can coach. Okay, wonderful. So well, one more little, question, little, I guess. Little yeah. subtleties of the rules, you know what I mean? So yeah. there's all these little rules. Yeah, right. So it's it's balancing balancing that and um, right. just making sure that – because that's the last thing you want is, is for technicality to totally. come back and, and bite you, and that's you know, something you want to avoid at all costs, obviously. Last year, I asked you your open question before we you know kind of uh, move on to last our last topic. Um, so obviously, Rishi's coach um, – is Josh Simon, who's an all-time great guy, one of one of my favorites. On the just, I remember, you know, he, he was in Chicago for a while, so I would see him in a bunch of Midwest junior tournaments, and this is great guy. And I have to know, was he is he still lugging around in the Tigers what Tiger Woods had every day when he when he's kind of just walking around the facilities, or did did he get a chance? No, Josh, to, did, did we get eyes? Josh on is Josh? always Josh always has a great uh, collection of hats. So as 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 a person that um, wears hats all the time I mean, you're yeah gilly uh, you're you're no slash yourself i must say well that's what i'm saying i respect right. it that's i commented on your on your lion's hat it's also yeah. the first time i've ever seen you wear a hat so i, I like it too. yeah i know i'm typically um, not too much of a heck it's just sometimes <laughs> when the hair is is out of control it's it's becomes necessary josh is always wearing a nice good fitted hat it's very very clean he's got a good rotation of uh he had a white Sox hat that he used to rock for for a bit um I don't know which one he had though this weekend. It was his birthday this weekend, so, um, uh, you know, I hope he got. I hope he got a brand new one. But um, yeah, yeah I'm sure he had a nice little birthday, and, and he's a good guy, and uh, I've known him for a bit. And, um, but yeah, no, I mean, obviously a great weekend for for his whole crew, and um, yeah, yeah, he's always he's he's always got a good new hat on. He, he I appreciate the hacking, you know. Final question, because that, that that makes me think of something. Is I, I pictured because you say, yeah, you know Josh well, and it seems like you know all these guys. It seems you you know everyone, and everyone knows knows everyone. That's why squash is such a great community. I have to know who's the one person like this weekend, the one person that kind of wa is walking around that has a little bit extra aura about them, and who's the one person that's like almost like not the celebrity of the weekend, but who's the guy that. Everyone knows them. Everyone wants to talk to them. They they kind of feel like they're like that. Just their presence just carries like a little bit extra weight. 
for for like for this weekend just being being at the US Open. I'm I'm sure there are a bunch, but if if you had to kind of pick one or, or a couple. No, I I I don't I wouldn't mention it. Like I mean, you have so many former world number ones and and top ten players and uh, players that are or coaches that are coaching. Um, you have DP and John White, and I mean I mean there's so many at the at the top that are yeah. You know, well, like... well, well the 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 biggest kicker of the whole weekend was um was Mustafa Asal showed up. Oh really? Because his because his brother played in the finals. So oh, wow. um so he. Blew, I guess, straight from from New Zealand after they won the men's world teams, and he was there front row, um, taking a lot of pictures. So, um, gosh, I didn't know how that didn't come to come to me right away, but for sure, it was I think on on Tuesday it was him. <laughs> so, so I'm I'm curious how like was was he were people asking like going up to him asking for pictures and autographs? What do you say? Yeah, I mean, which is great, you know, obviously for 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 the game a, and for the, I mean, the kiddos. Totally. And, and and the one thing I would say about him is that I know he's working on cleaning everything up and he's working at it. And and his matches at the world's teams were were, were, were good and they were smooth. And, and I really hope that his talent just kind of shines through and, and all this stuff gets put on the back burner because, you know, I, I have a good relationship with him and, you know, I, I, I've known him for a bit. Um, and he's an incredible squash player. So I just really hope that all this new stuff comes, you know, all the work that he's putting in helps him in the long run because he's still so young and has so much to offer the game. And he's so, I mean, so talented. <laughs> it's, it's stuff that he's doing on court, you know, you can only dream of doing. Um, and so, um, yeah, no, he was, he was, if there were other people before, he he stole the show in the last day. Okay, good enough. Um, yeah, so that's good. Good kind of boots on the ground. Some good investigative uh, reporting and uh, good good investigative journalism from you, Gilly. It's a good good assignment. We sent you out <laughs> into the into to the world for a report, and you 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 get a double thumbs up from me. Last thing I wanted to ask about is winter break is still um, still got a couple more weeks. You said that um, that Penn returns January third. For winter training, Denison also returns January third for winter training, and I would imagine most most programs are are similar. And you know, obviously, the first matches get underway. Um, I believe that that Wednesday is, is or January third. I don't know. If, I I assumed it was a Monday, and then then the, that the the fifth, I believe that you know there there's a bunch of matches that are that are getting going. So, um, I guess that my question to you is through Christmas through the new year, what are you doing? Um, and what, what are most of your, your peers doing from a coaching standpoint uh, to kind of get ready for second semester or working on um, just just coaching, just anything coaching related? Or is it kind of a, a break for you or are you, are you still kind of getting stuff ready? For I mean, each, each, each program is different, right? I think everyone takes a little bit of initial break. You know, it's been kind of, as you know, Jackson, the squash seasons are like the squash season is kind of like two sprints. You have that first yeah. semester sprint right before exams. And then you have that sprint right before everyone's spring break, basically. Um, you know, other sports in the winter, you know, that play in the winter, like college basketball, or, you know, just anything, you know, anything that's in the winter wrestling, like most of them have competitions over this break period, whereas we don't really as, as, a, as a sport. And I, I think that will change in the coming years as we grow and, and, and as we continue to get bigger. And that's my hope. I, I hope as, as an organization is that, you know, we do have this break, but, um, that we 
start scheduling some of those matches, you know, maybe right before New Year's, like a you know, New Year's Eve battle or you know, a New Year's Day game or something like that. You know, yeah, as a as a sports fan, like that's what you know, but it's also kind of nice to recharge the batteries and kids get to recharge the batteries and um, you know, yourself as well, you know, uh, you know, minor minor surgery, minor surgery tomorrow. You know, you you need that. Yeah, the wisdom teeth will be mortal. We have to get it. So this is my third <laughs> podcast recording of the day because I've got I've get all my content in, and it's race, 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 and then tomorrow I'm gonna be yeah. cast out on the couch, so, probably sipping so just, a milkshake or something. So yeah, yeah, so just imagine, right? If you didn't have that time off, so that's a nice right. little window for you to recover yeah. and then make sure that you're uh, ready to go for like the big push for your team in the second half of the semester. So, um. You know, in a way, I love it. In a way, I hate it. Um, it's great for family time for everyone. Um, and, and that recharge is definitely needed. And I think, you know, as a true student athlete, right, that grind of the academics also, I think, comes into play. It's something that we don't talk about enough. Um, the stress that the kids are under, you know, and this is everyone, you know, just managing both. So um, everyone, you know, during this break, I'm not just talking about Penn in general, be, they'll be home, they'll be seeing family. Or they're if they're you know the or they might be going to somebody else's and relaxing and recovering, and then they'll get back on the grind and get ready to go uh, for the second half of the season. Awesome. And so, uh, to wrap up, then asked what you're getting kind of ready for now, coaching wise, and like you know your thoughts on kind of the break. What are you What are you doing personally though? Because you do have this kind of gap until January third. So obviously, you're with the family. You've got the new, yeah. You know, you've got you've got the new son. Um, and um, I know you have some other exciting news. I, I won't spoil it for you. So I don't, I don't know if no, you're I can, no, you not. can. So no, I'll, you can. I won't steal your thunder. So you, you've got some exciting news uh, on the way. But then also, you know, I just what what does Christmas look like this year? And and uh, in the in the Lane household, and what what are you up to the next couple of weeks? So the Christmas the Christmas schedule is spending as much time with Landon as possible. Um, spending much as much time with my family as possible. Um totally taking a, a break and, and relaxing, um, making sure that everyone's happy and healthy on the team. Um, fortunately, we are very close. Uh, we live very close to all of our, from both sides of the family. So we get to see everyone. Um, and then it will be um, right after Christmas, getting ready for that second half of the year and making sure that um, we are um uh, we are ready to go for, for, um, that big start in January. Um, so, and I think that's, that's really what everyone's mind is on is, is how can they, how can they start well in January? And I think for us as coaches and, and, and coaches across the country, they we need a little time to recharge the batteries and then, and then we go again. And so that's why this break is great. Um, the Penn team, we're going to be heading to Florida, uh, for five days for training in January. Nice. Um, and I'm going to be also Jackson catching up on, on some sleep. Um, and, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, 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 uh, recharging the batteries as well. So, yeah. I'll leave, leave um, take, take a break from baby duty for, for a few days. We'll be, we'll be, yeah, we'll be no, nice, no, I'm sure. Yeah. No, no, no. It's, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a good, it's a, it's a good problem to have. I, of I, course. I actually, it's, 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 it's perfect. So, um, but yeah, no, we're, we're, I'm excited and, um, you know, I just I love spending time with my family and, and if we ever get that time um and it, it, you just don't want to pass it up. So right. it's great. Well Gilly, your Philadelphia Eagles are neck and neck, ten and four with my Detroit Lions as we're both I think both vying for that number one seed in the NFC. It looks like it's gonna be San Francisco, but coming up for you guys, 
still have the Giants twice and the Cardinals. What a measly schedule that you We're guys going, have got. we're going, So you better not blow we're it going, because that we're I going will. three and oh. Yeah, you will. You will not hear the end of it from me if if you if you somehow find a way to to not win all three of those games because that's that's quite a quite a cakewalk. You guys have had a, a tough a tough month stretch of of some tough opponents though, and Yeah, we're playing um, a real we're playing a real schedule compared yeah, to compared there to you like go. other teams. And um, yeah, Lions looks like we have we have, we're at Minnesota this weekend, and then we're at Dallas next weekend actually. So that'll that'll be interesting. That'll well, hopefully we can help you guys out and and help you in the division race and help ourselves as well. So that'll be It's uh, that'll be good. the two seeds massive because whoever finishes Yeah. two, basically San Francisco is going to be one. And then whoever finishes second in the NFC East, so it could be the Eagles or the Cowboys, is going to be on the same side as um, the Niners. So Right. I would argue that being the two seed is could could Yeah. actually potentially be better because you don't want to play either. You know, you don't want to play some. You don't want to play in the in the in the. Um, What's it called? Uh, not the the wild card game, but the next game. You don't want to really be playing Yeah, that the conference with the Cowboys. championship game, right? Yeah, conference And change. yeah, No, and then it's it's the it's the or it's no, the no, yeah, no, playoff and or not thing the wild too. card, the divisional, the divisional round, Correct. right? Yeah. And Also, not to mention, then if you're, you know, if if you win, if if you know whoever wins the East and is potentially the the two seed, it's going to have they're going to have two home playoff games as opposed to zero home playoff games. So Correct. that's that's it. It, it does does make a a difference there. So we will uh, we'll wait with bated breath. So I will maybe I'll I'll you know I I I like you enough. I like Coach Mike. Maybe I'll I'll uh, I'll pull I'll pull for the Eagles. We can we can. Um, we can come together in our hate for the Cowboys, and and maybe that'll Totally. be strong enough for for me to uh, muster rooting for the Eagles for for a couple of weeks here. And um, Lions fans, we're I think we're we're in good shape. We don't we we don't need any help. Fortunately, we've got we've got all all we need. So, um, but yeah. Oh, I just unplugged my mic there. Did I hold on? No, you're There we go. Oh no, I'm back. All right, here we go. Um, Gilly, thank you very much for taking the time. Uh, thank you. Huge thanks to Tim Lasusa, who we're going to get to now. Uh, super generous with this time and um yeah thank you for listening to episode two of couch Quattro. and here is georgetown women's head coach tim lasusa all right the head coach of the georgetown lady la jolla's it's tim lasusa here tim thank you for uh for joining us this morning and uh chatting with gilly and i Yeah, Jackson Gilly, really appreciate being here and I'm yeah, excited to say to dive into it. And right yeah, this is this is just great. You know, love what you awesome guys are doing and and yeah, happy to Thanks be here. very Thank much. long time no see. We should have just done it at the uh we should have just done it at the Specter Center while watching some matches last week, you know, but Oh yeah, you know. yeah. that would have been really fascinating. Just well, you know, the best part about it with with you and me, Gilly, is like I can walk up to you and be like, yo, Gilly, 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 yo, who are we recruiting? Who do who do we like here? What's going on? Like Yeah, because we definitely recruit. You know, if I'm you're recruiting the women, I'm recruiting the men, so we can definitely have an open chat about that. It's fine. Very open. Yeah, you like that guy? Oh, yeah, he's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, let me help you. Let me help you. I got you. No competition. All all Yeah, good zero. vibes. Yeah, fantastic. Very, very Um, good vibes. so Tim, you're just kind of a little bit of background. You're coaching Georgetown right now. They're as of the latest rankings, number fifteen in the country, which is a huge jump from where they were three years ago. It's it's, it's this is the third year that Georgetown has a varsity women's program. This is the highest that they've been ranked, and 
um, you know, this is the third year that you've been the head coach of the team as well. You were you were kind of the first um, head coaching hire for uh, for the team. Started out uh, playing initially at St. Lawrence uh, for a very good St. Lawrence team that ended up finishing as a national runner-up, national semifinalist in or junior and senior years respectively. respectively. Um, and then kind of moving on from college and uh, joining the Pro Tour briefly before ending up at Yale for four years with the one and only Dave Talbot. And um, obviously the unfortunate uh, news of his passing earlier this year and uh, you know, obviously the squash world was incredibly sorry to hear that, but you had some experience under one of the all-time greats and a, a multi-time national champion. It's at Yale, actually, a program that won national championship your senior year of college. So, um, so obviously a well-established program. And now I, I want to get to kind of your time there and now your time coaching at Georgetown. But I think a good place to start would be starting at St. Lawrence, where you graduated in 2016. So obviously you're still, um, you're still very new, new to this whole thing, but, um. St. Lawrence, a team that was 11th in the country the year before you got there, finished as, like I said, national runner-ups your junior year. And it was a program that was kind of on the rise and you kind of helped expedite that. And then you're capped at senior year and all that. So I was hoping maybe you could kind of take us through the rise of that program that was kind of not necessarily competing for national championships. And then all of a sudden was there and kind of like take me through the reasons that St. Lawrence did kind of get to that next level and why they were a program on the rise. And now what have you learned from your experience at St. Lawrence now as you're trying to kind of build a program from scratch at Georgetown? And what lessons did you learn from your experience um, playing at St. Lawrence? Yeah, it's kind of interesting. I mean, um, I know you guys have spoken a little bit about, um, you know, recruiting and do's and don'ts and and, you know, just kind of that recruiting process. And I think one thing that's kind of interesting is like, you know, I, I really was not that good of a junior squash player. Like I, I think I maybe played one JCT in my entire life. And, and that was like senior year once everybody decided to go to college or, you know, was, was getting ready to go. And, and so, um, you know, for me, I was just incredibly excited and, um, you know, it was just, it was just grateful to have the opportunity to play college squash. Um, and, you know, when I had visited St. Lawrence, I, I loved the school and I thought, wow, this is a beautiful campus. And it, well, I think I, because I'd gone there in a, in a day in August when it was nice and warm that I really liked it. Um, I, you know, maybe if I had been in January or, you know, or, or February, maybe it would have been a little different just with how cold it is, but, um, no, but it was, I mean, I love the school. It was a great place. And, and, um, but I was, I was really lucky to have the opportunity to, to just even play. And, um, but I, I also sort of knew it was a, it was a really good opportunity to, try and grow with the team. They had, they had just brought in a massive class right ahead of me. And, you know, a couple of good players from, from Canada, from all over the U S from India, from Pakistan, like, uh, you know, it just, it was a, it was a, it was a really interesting time there. Um, you know, they had sort of gone through a, a transition a little bit, bringing in some new players. And, and so for me, it was just an opportunity to try and grow with the team. And, you know, I knew I was going to be battling and fighting for a potential spot in the top nine. And, you know, I knew that I had to work really hard to, to try and achieve that and, and get that. Um, and, you know, I, I was, I was just really lucky to be a part of that. And, and for first couple of years, I was really just in and out, you know, playing eight, nine, 10, like sometimes like having to battle for 12, like to be in the lineup, you know, lineup and, uh, and, you know, but I just knew that I had to kind of stick with it and keep going. And, and, you know, we were, 
we were really lucky. Like, you know, I remember my, my freshman year, um, you know, I think this is, this is probably where the, the big sort of rise came was when, um, you know, my freshman year, um, we knew that Amr Khalifa was, was looking to go to school in the U S and we knew that St. Lawrence was a spot that he was interested in and was looking at. And, and, um, you know, when he showed up in January, you know, having someone there who was like, all right, like, wow, we are, we are really uh, taking ourselves to the next level. We now have a true number one here who could win individuals here. Um, I mean, and this is a time where you had Todd Harity, Ali Farag, Ramit Tandon. I mean, some of the, some of the all-time greats in college squash and, and you had somebody else coming in here is like, wow, this is, this is amazing. And uh, yeah, to have him in be there, not only, you know, he and I became really close best friends while we were there, but because of kind of our style of play and, and watching him play and, you know, seeing how he did it, I got to just soak everything up from him. And I think it's one of those cool things where he's like, Hey, you get to learn from your teammates here. You're bringing in somebody who's a world-class junior, world-class player, learn from him. And, um, it was, yeah, it was just fascinating. It was just a really, really interesting time. And I think as a, as a group, we were just, we were just really hungry, really, really hungry. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know what else to say about that, but it, it was just, it was a great time. Really, really good. I do remember, you know, our, our coach, Chris Applenap, who I, you know, give a ton of credit to just for how he managed the team and, and how he motivated us and, and kept us going. I mean, he, you know, he always told us like, oh, you know, you know, I had heard from many coaches that uh, if anybody, if anybody, you know, was to get into a bar fight, like nobody want to want to fight the St. Lawrence team. Like we were the, we were the guys that nobody wanted to touch just because um, they knew that we were, you know, we were tough and like, we were gritty and like, that's, that's just kind of how we, how we played. Um, wasn't always necessarily pretty, but you know, we just, we made it work. Tim, you talked about, um, you talked about being able to kind of step right in and play. And you said, you know, you weren't the most highly touted, you know, junior. And I think, and then speaking to that and talking and hearing your excitement, you know, one of the things that, um, I asked, players all the time is what kind of experience do you have, you know, do you want? And so do you think like picking St. Lawrence and having that opportunity to play and having that opportunity to make such an impact, like right away, like helped your love of college squash grow? Because if you had gone to a team and maybe never had a chance to play, you might've had a totally different experience. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, totally. I mean, that was, that was kind of the, one of the reasons why I went to St. Lawrence, right. It was like, I, I knew I was going to potentially play, like I was going to have to fight for it, but, um, and really try and continue to grow and get better. But like, I, I was going to have the chance to play, you know, and, and, you know, one of the other schools I was looking at was Trinity. And like I, at that time in my, you know, my junior squash career, I, I thought, ah, you know, <laughs> no way I'm ever going to play on, on Trinity's team. Like, I, I don't think this is, you know, I'm sure it'd be great, you know, have the chance to potentially win a national, you know, a couple of national championships, but it's like, hey, you know what? Like, I think for me, I'd rather just for my own personal growth, like, let me, let me try and get to a spot where it's like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to play on this team, but I'm going to have to work. And I'm going to have a lot of, you know, teammates around me who are going to hopefully make me better. And, and that's kind of the reason why I think I ended up going there is just because it's, it, it, it just, it, everything sort of about it fit. Like, I think from a, you know, just from an outside squash perspective, like the size of the school, um, you know, the, the location, um, you know, even though it's way up in upstate New York, it's actually not too far from, I've got some Canadian relatives and family that, you know, they're not too far from. So that was actually kind of nice. And then, uh, and then just, um, you know, I think 
yeah, just just the the opportunities and chance to potentially play, I think, was great. And to to get be on a team that was really growing, I think that was the other thing as well. Yeah. So you talk about St. Lawrence kind of growing. What was the biggest difference in terms of the culture there between your freshman and senior year? Like, what 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 changes did you kind of see, and what what allowed you guys beyond obviously bringing in top recruits and kind of establishing like like okay, this is a legitimate program and this is a team that can actually get a lot of these top juniors from around the world what was kind of the shift that you noticed in terms of kind of the culture um over your four years yeah i mean i i do have to credit the the class ahead of me a little bit it was you know it was guys like chris fernandez uh duncan maxwell anderson good um and i can name all of them sebastian reels i mean all these guys right like it was a huge class and and they were they were big motivators in in terms of you know, trying to get this team to that next level. I mean, you had a lot of guys who were just really, really hungry, who really wanted this team to succeed and do well. Um, as as we kind of, I'll say we all sort of grew and matured together through this experience. And I, I think just by, you know, by our junior year, when, you know, we were we were playing, you know, Harvard and Princeton and, and you know, and, and, Going, going from a team that was like, all right, we're going to compete with Middlebury and Navy and, and some of these schools. Now it's like, all right, now we're, we're, now we're competing for number one spot in the country. Like, I mean, I mean, when we beat, when we beat Harvard to be the number one team in the country for a stretch, like that was awesome. Like that was so cool. Um, but I think it was just, I think it was just, you know, we, we had just grown and matured as a group and, and, um, you know, I think we were, we were all just so bought in into what we could potentially do. We saw our potential and we knew that we had a shot to, to do something that no other team could potentially think of, of, of doing. And, and we just knew that it was going to take a real group effort to, to try and make this happen. And that to me was, I think just, it just showed that the power of like, all right, like, you know, we're going to have our fun. We're going to do our thing, but we're going to be so disciplined and so tough. And, and we're going to go out there and no matter who we're playing, we are giving it our all. And that, that to me, I think was just, was just special. And that's what, you know, it was, it was such a great experience there. So you, you, you know, you have obviously, and I, and I, I was coaching, I came back into coaching during this time. And I remember with Khalifa, when Amar came and, and I mean, he was one of the, the best, um, the best junior player in the world and, and, and one of the, the biggest prospects. And obviously if he didn't have the back injury, I think yeah. he goes on to be top 10 in the world. Uh, no, no, no problem uh, whatsoever. Um, was it during that time? And, and you talked about the guys before you, that you knew you wanted to be in squash and, and what was it about college squash that gave you that motivation to continue that as a career? Yeah. I mean, you know, like I said, I think, I think part of it was, I, you know, I didn't, I didn't necessarily enjoy uh, junior squash as much um, just because I, I, I loved the, I loved the team aspect, like high school, you know, I got to high school and was able to be on a team. You know, I had a, I had a great coach in, in Ben Olner and, and had a great group of teammates. And I think that to me was like, wow, like this is fun. This is really motivating. And, and you can kind of see what, what a group and a team can all kind of come together and do. And, and, um, you know, that, that was fun. That was exciting. And, and, you know, in college, I think it was just a little bit more amplified because it's like, Hey, like these are your teammates you're spending a lot of time with. And this is, this becomes really your, your, you know, they become more than friends, right? These are, these are teammates and, and family for life. Right. And, 
And that, um, you know, having that, that just that special connection that, you know, you, you can't, you can't replicate that anywhere else. Um, and so, um, you know, I think for, for me, like after I graduated, I was playing a little bit professionally, I was working at round Hill and, and I loved my time at round Hill and Steve Sharp is a great boss. But I think for me, it was just, you know, there were, I, I just, I didn't feel the same sort of passion about it because, you know, I, I sort of knew that like long-term, I always wanted to be in college squash. Um, you know, it was just, uh, that's where I think I had my best experience. And I was like, all right, that's where I know I can make the biggest impact. And, and, um, just, I, I know I'm going to be just, I'm going to, I'm going to be so, so into it that it's going to be, I'm, I'm going to do the best that I can because of that. So, um, so yeah, that, that I think was, was just one of the big reasons why it's such a great experience at St. Lawrence and, and to, uh, you know, to be able to, you know, have the opportunity and chance to, to get back into it. And, you know, I mean, I can, I can tell you the story about, you know, Dave calling me up and offer me a job at Yale. And that's, that's, you know, we I was can get just about to ask bit, you that yeah. exactly that. Yeah. So yeah, please do. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny. So, um, you know, so I, 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 I had just actually, um, you know, so I, I left around Hill, um, you know, I was sort of planning on, on, uh, you know, playing some professionally and working part-time in the city at a couple of different spots, you know, really trying to give the, the professional thing a, a, a better go. And, and, um, you know, it's funny, like Gilly and I had just spent some time at the, the U S junior Academy when U S squash. I was going to say, we were, we yeah. were together right after, right before yeah. you made this decision. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, uh, and, um, you know, I, I had spent some time with, as one of the, one of the other guys who was there was Spencer Lovejoy and, and. You know, um, you know, I'd just been chatting with Spencer a little bit and, you know, I, I sort of knew that, uh, you know, Joey Roberts um, was going to be one of the assistant coaches. But um, anyway, so I, was, I literally was just hanging out at home. I was literally, you know, probably two weeks away from from starting. I was going to, you know, doing some part time stuff in my old high school and and, you know, playing some professionally and just kind of kind of waiting to start that. I got a I got a text from Spencer. Saying, hey, uh, you know, Joey, Joey's visa is got, got denied. Like, you know, we're looking for an assistant coach. Do you, do you want to, do you want to come up to New Haven? I was like, uh, 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 yeah. Like, you know, and then he's like, all right, cool. Like, you know, let me, let me, let me text Dave. And, <laughs> and, and, and I literally just get a call from Dave and in classic Dave fashion goes on about, you know, a 10 minute rant as to, you know, as to why, why I should come up and be the assistant coach. I was like, Dave, just, just stop. Like, yeah, like I'll, I'll come up, like, you know, just, 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 yeah, I'll be there. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, literally, you know, I drove up, uh, you know, a couple of days later and Dave was like, Hey man, like, you know, you want, you want to be our assistant? I was like, yeah, dude, I already told you, like, I'll do it. Um, and, uh, and yeah, you know, from then on, you know, it was just, uh, it was great, but it was just, it was one of those things where literally in the span of, you know, of about half an hour, everything, it just all, all changed very quickly. Um, you know, but I was, I had, you know, I texted, I texted Ben Oliner who, you know, was, I was going to work with a little bit of Polly. And I said, Hey, like, you know, I know you guys have sort of expected me to come on and, you know, help out with Polly, but I just got to, I just got a call from Dave and they're looking for an assistant coach. And immediately he's like, you got to take that job. You got to do it. Like, and, and, you know, Dave was, you know, Dave was offering me a chance to, you know, play some a little bit, but also, you know, to get into the college game. And, and that was the thing, like I, I had always known that I would love to get back into college and, and I think a lot of the reason why I was playing professionally was to 
potentially get a job like that, knowing that, you know, Hey, I probably need some, some high level playing experience to, to get a, you know, big division one, uh, you know, uh, coaching job. And, and, and it just, it was there. So, you know, sadly to say, unfortunately, you know, Joey Roberts, you know, didn't get his visa, but uh, at the same time, and I, I felt bad, but, um, but Hey, it was just kind of led to this amazing opportunity. So. Right. I, I remember you did have some other things uh, on the, on, you know, some, some, some things to think about in terms of other options. And I think, you know, you know, talk about, you know, Dave was really special to you um, and, and really kind of helped you in your coaching career. I'm, I'm, I'm very close with Sharpie as well. So you kind of had almost the best, I feel like you, you had the best kind of process towards where you are now. So Steve obviously had a, a, an amazing uh, group of, of assistant professionals come through. He's a great teacher. He's an amazing person. He's been around Hill for, for years and then, you know, a lot of people don't know is, that, I mean, or maybe they do, is that these college jobs are, are very coveted, but but you have to get in the door early, you know, and you have yeah. to put your time in no matter what. So it, it's not really, I think, I think a lot of people think, oh, we just go play and then we, we don't have to bide our time, but we have to bide our time. We have to go somewhere to, to then, you know, do the assistant role to get into a head yeah. coaching job. So, you know, talk about... Um, taught you during those years and, and, and how it, how it was different from St. Lawrence, because, you know, at the time you have to remember, you're probably going from, you're, you're competing against all the Ivies. You're the, you're the team that no one wants to play. Yeah. Right. And, and, and we know in our, in our world, right. Like, you know, people think that there's, there's a hierarchy and, and St. Lawrence upset the hierarchy, right. You guys were the team that weren't supposed to be winning. So what did you take from St. Lawrence into, into Yale? you you probably have competed against some of the guys that were on the team. So, oh yeah. So you knew so you knew <laughs> that. And then also what did you learn from Dave during that time? Um, you know, how was that transition? Yeah, it was funny. I, you know, um, I definitely I, I had competed against a couple of guys who were on the team and in fact a couple of the guys were even older than me who were on the team, which was even funnier. But um but you know, I, I think when I when I first started at Yale, obviously it was a little tough. Like I, I'm I'm a guy who these guys had competed against, and and now I'm coming in, I'm I'm their coach, right? So I think my my first year was definitely, um, you know, was definitely a, a little different in terms of like how I had to handle things and and how I went about things. But the things I sort of took from St. Lawrence, you know, as I said, like you know, what I saw you know, in terms of like what we did as a group in terms of, um, you know, really coming together, be, you know, being disciplined as a group, um, you know, making the sacrifices as a, as a team to be able to compete at the top. Um, I think that was the, that was the biggest thing that I could, you know, I, and I, again, like, I can't be like, oh, hey, you got to do this, you got to do that. But it's more like, you know, hey, guys, like, look, just just from my personal experience, right? I mean, look, a lot of these guys had already won a national championship too. Like, you know, Yale had won it my senior year. And so it's like, they, they know what it took to, to get there, but it's like, Hey guys, like, you know, we gotta, we gotta continue to to do that. Otherwise it's just gonna, you know, fall right off. And, and, um, you know, obviously the, the, you know, for, for the men's team, that was, you know, that was obviously a challenge, but, um, you know, for, for me as well as the first time, you know, coaching women, which was, which was also uh different. And so, you know, again, it's like, Hey, I'm, I'm a guy who just graduated school. Like, you know, uh, you know, I'm not that much older than them. It's, it's definitely a different, uh, different kind of relationship, but, um, you know, it was, uh, it was definitely, um, it was definitely, you know, just in my first year, 
um, trying to just navigate those relationships a little bit and um, trying to help the players as, as best as I could while also respecting that, like, Hey, like, you know, I'm not that much older than them. Like they're going to have a different view on me as they will, you know, Lynn and Dave. And so um, I've got to sort of respect that and know that like, this is, this is what I can do best to help them the best. If that makes sense. Was there any part of it um, that was um, like a plus or an advantage? Cause it, it kind of sounds like maybe it wasn't um, obviously super helpful, but was there any way that you were maybe better able to relate to them? Or was there any kind of time that Dave tasked you with talking to them about, you know, it's certain, certain topics or, or issues given kind yeah. of your, your age and your experience, you know, in the, in yeah, the I think, arena. Yeah. Yeah, I think I mean it changed over it changed over my four years, right? I think, you know, going from um you know, going from a, a guy who was really young who was close in age and had played and competed with all these players to someone who's like, all right, like I've actually recruited these players, I've brought them in, like right. you know, they sort of know that 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 shifted over time. But um but yeah, I think, you know, obviously one like having some recent playing experience, I think was was really good. Um, you know, I think they they definitely um you know, I think they they found that uh, helpful and interesting, and and um, you know, it was definitely uh, a, a good in that sort of sense. It's like, hey, like I can still step on court, and you know, I can beat some of these kids up, except for maybe Spencer, probably. But um, you know, I can still play with most of them, and and um, you know, and it's like, and if there's something that I sort of see within their game, and we can go out and play and say, hey, like this is this is what I'm able to do against you, like you know, you got to think about this maybe a little bit differently or um, it's like, Hey, like just from my experience when playing certain players like this, like this is how I've sort of approached it. You know, maybe you should try and try and look at it this way. Um, you know, those are just little, little examples of, you know, kind of what it was like, but, um, but I think that definitely helps. But then also as well, just, you know, being somebody of that age, like, being being younger it, it definitely i think the the kids definitely felt you know i mean look they they felt very comfortable around dave dave was a father figure to so many players but i think it definitely um you know it's just a, it was just a slightly different relationship with them and i think you know the 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 men and women both just i think had a great amount of respect for me and and i think it was definitely just very helpful in terms of our relationships with them i mean how I think the one thing that I, you know, I, I wanted to ask him was, you know, you, we've had many conversations and, and I think, um, you know, what was the, what were the three takeaways from Dave that you've now taken into Georgetown? And yeah. I mean, there's a billion. And so that's a really, I think it's a really loaded question. And I think we could spend an entire podcast. We could spend an entire podcast on that. Mm -hmm. um, but what are three of the biggest things that, that you took away uh, from that time that, and we'll talk about that transition to Georgetown in a second, but that, that you were like, okay, these are th three things that I'm going to, that I'm going to use in this next step for me. Yeah. It's hard. Uh, you know, it's come up with three. I mean, I, I, I honestly think just the, the, the biggest thing, and I think this many maybe has a couple uh, different ways that it sort of shows itself. Um, but just, just Dave's, managing and dealing with people um was was probably by far the biggest thing that i saw and um that that to me is you know th that's definitely the biggest thing i ever learned 
um, is, is how Dave managed and, and talked with people, whether that's his players, um, whether that's recruits, whether that's um, with just the people who work around the administration and people who just work in the building and people in, within the community. I mean, he had such a way of um, just managing those relationships and um, he was just such a presence that it, it was just, it was unbelievable. And, um, you know, even just my own personal relationship with Dave itself was, was really just was special. Um, you know, I, I, you know, would, would thank him for everything. Um, but you know, it was, it was just, it was really amazing to see, you know, um, you know, he was the kind of guy who like when he walked in the building, whether it was the, you know, the front desk worker at, at Payne Whitney, the, the guy who did the laundry or the athletic director, like he just, he, he had just such a great way of, of making everybody feel very special. And I think that is just something that, you know, was, was really just remarkable. And, you know, I, I always do think like, if I can just have like just one, one little percent of that, whatever it is, if I can, if I can, you know, just treat people the way that he did, then, then I think it's just, it's just great. I mean, I, I, I just can't talk about that enough. Um, you know, it was just, it was very, it was very cool to, to see. That's all I'll say. Um, you know, whether it's his players, people just around, it was, it was, it was quite special. Um, he definitely had a way of, of, uh, making people feel important. So, so now being at Georgetown, obviously, um, that job kind of comes up. It's obviously a brand new, pro- brand new varsity program, as we mentioned. You know, a team that you know, obviously, very good school, as you mentioned, Division One school, and it's, you know, something you're you're looking for. It's an opportunity for you um, to be a head coach, for you to manage your own team, for you to be at the helm of the ship. Was there any hesitation with that in saying like, you know, I have a pretty good here at Yale, or what was it? Kind of a situation where it's like you you didn't really think too much about it it's a great school i'm sure head coaching position might might offer a little bit, bit more uh maybe a few more shekels on the table perhaps uh, I, I don't know if that, uh, <laughs> you know I, I don't know if there was any if you had any other potential opportunities or if, if that was like yeah this is like a, an awesome opportunity for me to kind of do my own thing build my own program with my own you know with with its own kind of identity i actually think gilly can tell you quite a bit here i mean i i i called gilly probably almost every week um <laughs> you know just like gilly like you know, um, you know, I've got some, got some different opportunities here. Like what, you know, what, what do you think? And, um, you know, it was, it was definitely, uh, it, it was definitely an interesting, interesting decision. I mean, um, honestly, one of the, one of the biggest, you know, one of the biggest things was like, was, was thinking whether I was ready or not. And, and that was, that was just something that, you know, I really, I, I had to just try and have the confidence in myself to know that's like, Hey, like, I know that if I step into this role, you know, I, I can, I can do this. And, um, and, you know, I, I know there's going to be some learning that goes along the way and, and you know, I, I just shouldn't be afraid to ask questions and, and, and hopefully I can just continue to try and grow with this and, and, and show, show what I can do. Um, that was probably one of the biggest things, but, um, you know, obviously there's also other little things as well, like, you know, just moving a little farther from family, um, you know, and just, uh, being in a new city, um, you know, my, my 
girlfriend, who's now my fiance, was also moving with me. So there was that bit as well. And and so uh, there's a lot of different little things that sort of went into it. But um, but, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, it was I, I just sort of knew it's like, all right, like this is this is really my my chance to, you know, make an impact and, and do something that that nobody you know, very few people are going to have the opportunity to do ever. And so that that to me was just, you know, that that was the that was the no brainer decision that I had to, you know, that I started to make at the end of the day. So Jackson, I think what I told him, I said, I said, you'd be an idiot if you don't, if you don't go out of this. <laughs> yeah. I think I was, I was on the, I was on the beach when Tim called actually. And he's like, yo, I need to talk. I'm like, okay, that's, that's fine. I was like, I actually remember I was like walking down the beach and I was like, I think it, one of these things. And, and I, for me, I think in Tim's the same way we looked up to all of these, these coaches growing up and there was these massive figures at these programs. And like you, you associated names with programs and, and that was like a really cool thing. Like we grew up going to these squash camps and like we went to the squash camps cause the names were big and obviously like, and brand is huge, but like when you're in college squash job and you're doing a really good job, it's something that you can do for 30 years. It's something that you can really build out. It's something that you can really create. You know, there's not the same turnover that's, as college football or college basketball. And, and unfortunately we're not getting paid what they get, what they make. So, it, so that, <laughs> you know, that. <laughs> the, the, the power five offers not coming from Texas where we're like, you know, jump and ship. And then, you know, we get fired after two years and we get a payout for another three, you know what I yeah. mean? So it's, um, but I think one of the things I, and, and what I saw, and this is actually Tim and I are actually in Malaysia together uh, on a, on a recruiting trip. And, um, you know, we were, we spent a lot of time there, <laughs> saw a lot of players, mm-hmm. uh, talked a lot about squash. And I think he was starting to come in on his own. It, 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 he was starting to figure out how he wanted to build a program, what he was looking for. And it was starting to get the conversations of, okay, well, he definitely wants to be a head coach. It's a question of, it's not a question of, of when it's where it's just like, it was, I mean, it's not a question of, of when it was going to happen. It was just, you know, was it going to, you know, I think, was it going to happen at, at, you know, was he going to step into, you know, a, a role at Yale or was like, when was this opportunity going to come up? And, and I know he was looking at another, at another place for another assistant job. And I think him thinking about all these things as big picture was, he was thinking about it as a head coach. And I think for me, it was like, you need to take this opportunity because guess what? You get to build it on, you get to build it uh, how you want to see it. And you're not going to answer to anyone else but yourself. So um, I basically said, you have to go after it. You're like, you'll be the, you know, you, you please just do it. I was just like, just do it. I don't care what the money is. And I was like, you know, I should have, shouldn't have said like, I don't care what the money is or don't worry about any of that stuff. Cause like, that's not my life, but being in this job, it's like college squash coaches is, is really cool. And I think it's, he shared the same passion that I shared. And it's like, you have to take it because those opportunities don't, present themselves and, and and look where we are now you know i mean you see where the team's rising and um he's built it his own way but i i think when we were in malaysia i knew that's when i knew like i think that's when i knew as well like you know if you get a chance to hire this guy you should um he thinks about it in that way he's trying to build an organization he's built, try to build a family and a group so um you know my question is it's like okay so you get the georgetown job you're starting from scratch. Okay. We talked about early, you know, in the pod about, you know, your experience with St. Lawrence, they bring in this big class right before you. Right. So that's kind of the class that gets it all started. What are you looking for? What's your sales pitch? 
first things that you wanted to build for that group to make it a place that girls wanted to come play? Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's all about the people, right? And I think as with my experience at, uh, at St. Lawrence, my experience at Yale, right? So much of it comes down to the people you interact with each and every day. Right. And so, you know, when I'm, when I'm talking to recruits, um, you know, obviously there's, there's the aspect of like, Hey, look, like you have the opportunity to do something that's, that's really special and be a part of a, of a new squash team and program. And that's obviously can be really exciting for people. And not only do you get to do it at a, a great university, um, you know, where look as, as, as a school of Georgetown, right. It's, it's one of our, our school's mottos is, is care personnel, which means care for the whole person. Right. So you are, you are not only going to be, um, you know, a, a great student, but you're, you're going to be a great student athlete. And, and those things go together here, right? Like you, you are many different things as a person. And so I think Georgetown as a school is a, is a great place and an opportunity to, to become the best version of yourself. Right. So that's, that to me is, is one of the biggest things. And that, and, that, and for me, just like as a, as a coach and, and someone who, you know, has been working at Georgetown for a few, I, I like, I feel like I, I line up exactly perfectly with, with that, which has been, which has been awesome. Um, but, you know, in terms of like who we bring in and, and, and the team that we construct, right. Like, you know, I, I really want to have a team of, of people and, and great women who, um, you know, are not only great competitors and great squash players, but, but more importantly, they're, they're great people, right. So that, Anybody who looks at Georgetown squash, they'll say like, oh, that's a great team. Like that's a, that's a good program. They're, they're tough. They're, they're great competitors, but not only that, like they're great people and anybody would want to hire them for any job, whatever it may be. Um, and so that, that to me is like, I think just how I sort of envision this program and, and, you know, how I want to construct it and lead it as we, as we continue to grow and develop, um, you know, there's lots of, Lots of little things that we're, you know, we're, we're trying to do within our program that will, um, you know, continue to help grow that. But, you know, I think we've, we've done a great job so far and I'm, I'm just really excited for, you know, who we've gotten, you know, the future of our team and program and, and yeah, I mean, that's, that's really, that's my, my, my big thing, right? You gotta be, you gotta be a yeah. good person to, to come in and be a part of this team. Yeah. You mentioned totally. And, and, and what oh, sorry, would you go, go ahead, say? Go. Yeah, I was just going to say, what would you say in these first three years has been the thing you've learned about yourself as a coach? And then and then, what would you say that, is there something that you would have changed? Uh, that's a good question. Um, learned about myself? I mean. Because you just, you've just gone from, I mean, I think in that first couple of years, it's, 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 a, it's a huge learning process for a young coach because really at Yale, because of your age and, and maybe experience, it was the perfect time for you because you were that intermediary between the players and the coach where you knew exactly what they were feeling. They might have been able to talk to you about that where it was a tough decision or something like that. And now you're in that role where, guess what, you're making every final decision. You know, yeah. you, you don't have to answer to anyone else. Like, you're making the final decision on that recruit. You're making the final decision on practices. There's something that you would have changed yeah, I mean, I think um, definitely, definitely communication. I think that's that's probably where I have maybe maybe just seen the biggest improvement, I guess, um, or just um, you know, uh, yeah. I mean, 
just how how I speak and how I talk to to people, I guess maybe has, I guess changed, or I guess my my maybe not so much changed. I feel like my comfort level has gotten a lot higher, um, and um, you know I think because I've sort of been forced, you know, or I have to force myself into this role that it's like okay, like now you know I've got to not only make decisions but um, you know I've got to communicate effectively to my team, my group, um, to recruits, to alumni, to, uh, administrators, whoever it may be. Um, just so that I guess how I envision things and what I sort of see can, can hopefully, um, hopefully, hopefully they can see that too. And, you know, I think what you'll find is, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm extremely passionate about every, everything that I do. I'm extremely passionate about. Right. But sometimes I think I, don't necessarily communicate those things always effectively. Um, I feel it, but I don't necessarily maybe show it in the right way, or I don't know. But um, but um, I think that's so definitely the right probably way? the. What have you found is the right way to communicate those things? Oh, I, I don't know. If, I don't know if it's the you know right way. I don't, maybe yeah, I just right way, spoke, but, but I, I guess yeah. in terms of like your t- it's subjective, and it's kind of like you know Gilly has talked about this many times um, in our interview and last you know a couple weeks ago. Um, in terms of you, can, yeah, every player you have to coach differently. You can't coach everyone mm-hmm. the same. You and and so it's like obviously like you can be you know and Gilly can be really fired up, and he can want to be coached a certain way, but then the way he relays information or motivation to his player might be different than the way that he would want it relayed to him. So, I mean, what, yeah. how have you found the most success kind of with that in terms of like expressing your passion in a, in a way that, um, that is, you know, healthy for, for kind of, you know, the, the whole team. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, it's tough as, as, as you just said, right. Every person's different. And, you know, I think, I've really try to do my best in, in understanding those people and, and, um, you know, understanding how they take in information. Um, you know, I mean, there's so many different types of, of learners, right. We, you know, in just even in, within in education, right. There's so many different ways of, of learning and perceiving, right. And, and learning how, those people take in that information and, and, and how they understand things and, and what allows them to have certain perceptions. Right. I think that to me is, is probably one of the most important things. And so, you know, finding out whether a person is more audio driven or visually driven, um, you know, whatever it may be, right. Trying to find ways where, where they can take in the necessary information and and understand it. I think that's, that's the key. Um, And how you get that across to different people is always going to be a little bit different. So, you know, trying to find that is, is huge. Um, And yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely a little bit tricky, but I think for me, if I can do the best that I can, in that then and and if if i can get that feedback from them as well if they understand something then great if they don't then hey let's try and find another way that we can try and yeah so i don't know if that makes sense but no absolutely yeah Yeah. i i want to ask one more question and and it's kind of a you know it's it's maybe a question that everyone wants to know it's like yeah before we kind of switch gears uh jackson kind of talking about you know starting uh being a new coach at a program that's just starting in the CSA and, and why that's so amazing and talking about that process. But right. 
what 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 are your goals this year for the for the women's team and and we talked about it on our last pod this 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 number 12 spot and and yeah. i actually had had made the point because jackson was speaking about his experience and i think it's really important to highlight that while it while we know tim it was 50 50 a lot of people didn't want that and i think actually it's it's getting to everybody wanted to be in the top division at eight but getting to 12 is actually more obtainable for a lot of and a shorter amount of time for for a lot of yeah. programs because we as we know that sometimes the jump from eight from 12 to eight can take four years. Right. And so to be able to get to 12, you know, for a program like yourself, which have made such a great rise, you have such a, you know, you're so passionate about what you do. I mean, you know, you talked about, and I'll give you, I mean, I, and I hope you know this, but when you walk into a building, people know who you are. You have a great presence about you because I think, you know, what you've been able to achieve builds confidence. So you're, you're, you're more confident going into those things like, yeah, Hey, we got, we got something really good going here, you know, and, and people need to watch out. So <laughs> what is, what are your goals? You know, what would be a great finish for you guys in, in, in the program's mind and, 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 and where do you think in two years you want to be? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, it's kind of interesting, you know, like right now, obviously we're, we're in season. And so, um, you know, we've got a couple really key matches for us when we get back in January. Um, you know, uh, unfortunately, the a few things are a little bit out of our hands right now. I mean, the goal at the beginning of the year was to try and was to try and crack the top twelve. Um, you know, unfortunately, we had you know we had a we had a good match with Dartmouth, but that was I would say that was kind of our our closest closest match we we're going to have that we'd have the chance to kind of break into that. Um, you know, I was trying real hard to get Tufts on the schedule. Um, and, <laughs> nah, we can talk good. to Joe. Yeah, we, we, we can talk to Joe. No, it's fine. <laughs> but, um, you know, but, uh, you know, I mean, look, we've got a couple couple big matches coming up. And so, um, you know, obviously you never know how the season will shake out. Um, there's always there's always things that can can happen. I mean, look, I mean. Uh, you know, there, we got, you always hear some great stories of, you know, different matches happening. And I mean, I even think back to my, my freshman year at St. Lawrence. I mean, you know, we were, we were originally going in as the number one seed in the B division, but then, you know, then Dartmouth plays Brown and, you know, I mean, Hansi suspended half his team. You know, this is, I mean, this is right. years ago. Right. But like, then all of a sudden we were in the A division and, you know, we ended up beating Cornell at one point. It's like we finished top six. Like, I mean, it was it was nuts after having gone from nine to six. And it was it was crazy. But um, but like hey, look, in terms of my team right now, you, you never know, right? Um and so um, you know, I, I look if we if we can find a way to crack into the top 12, I'm I'm gonna be extremely excited. And, and just, I think that would be, that would be just amazing. Our third year as a varsity team and we're, we're competing in our first Howe cup. I mean, that would be, that'd be nuts. But, um, you know, if, if not, then if look, if we're, we're competing for a, you know, a B division title and, and, you know, I think we've got a tremendous shot to, to win it this year, then, then, Hey, like I'm, I'm all in for that. Um, just because look, like, I mean, we're, we're, I think we're still very much in our infancy stage. Like, I mean, I've got a, I've got a great team right now. Great team. And it's a great group of people. And there are some good squash players. Um, and I just know that we can continue to grow and, you know, even just, you know, within the season we have, we have so much more room for growth. And so look, you just 
never know what may happen. Um, I'm just, I'm just really excited to, to take every opportunity that we can to compete and, and, and just take every opportunity we can to showcase ourselves and showcase what we got. So, um, you don't, you don't, that's just, you don't want to throw a number out there. Uh, in terms of what, just, you know, <laughs> in, I mean, two, in two years, in two oh, in years. two years. Oh yeah. In two years. Um, oh, in two years. Yeah. I mean, I've always said our goal is top 10 within five years of starting. Right. So, um, so that's, you know, that's, I think that was, that was, and look, I, I always kind of, uh, and, and like, I, I, I credit Mark Allen a little bit just because I think he's been a very good person for me to talk to. And he's been very open and, and, um, you know, he's also been someone who's been very good to, to kind of chat to him as, as he kind of has gone through, I'd say he's the person who's gone through the most recent experience of, of developing a program and, and, and growing it. And so, um, you know, I think Mark Allen had a very similar goal when UVA started as a, as a varsity squash program. And so, you know, for us, like we're, we're, we're following that and we're, I think we're in the same, same sort of trajectory there. So that's, that's our goal. And, and we're going to keep going forward. Uh, you talked earlier about that. You, you had this opportunity that very few people have had. And that that's why O'Gilly's kind of, um, you know, walking on the beach, um, <laughs> probably, shirtless his head glistening you know with the sun <laughs> shining down and it's just like on the phone he's yelling you have to take this job this is a prime opportunity for you so plenty of, um, plenty of sunscreen on that head too of course yeah yeah um, yeah I need, so, need it. <laughs> so um and you just mentioned mark allen and like you said he's probably the last person to do this where um you took a club program like uva who received some funding and that you know it's like to, to move up to the varsity level and it's a great academic school and he kind of, you know, but not an Ivy League school. And he kind of really has come in and done an outstanding job. And the the story you've recounted is I've I've heard from many people about Mark Allen just being so generous with information and not being cynical and not being like closed off and always always looking to like help out other coaches and and, and give advice and uh, and just players. And he's just a great guy. So that's that's great to hear. But in terms of that opportunity and. That, how how appealing that was for you to kind of literally start from scratch. There's no track record. There's no expectation. There's no history. Obviously, um, you you have expectations of yourself, but it's kind of like no one really knows what's going to happen. You're kind of handed the keys. What do you do with that responsibility? Because I feel like you know when a guy like Gilly um, comes in at Penn, as he played there, there's a story tradition, and he's kind of been. You know, you, you know, he's he's coming in and he doesn't want to mix or stir things up too much. He kind of wants to kind of stick with what um, what's what the tradition and what the um, the history of the program has been thus far. You're coming, come, come in, you can establish whatever you want. So, I mean, what were some of the things that you had to think about in terms of, you know, mottos and goals that you wanted to set for your program beyond just where you wanted to finish in the rankings, but in terms of like the culture that you wanted to establish? Yeah, I mean, as I sort of said before, right? Like, uh, and I'll always say this: like, I want our group to be great competitors, hard workers, but more importantly, good people. And that and I think that just from a, you know, hopefully, I can uphold that myself, but on and also my players too. Like, that's that's something that I just want to see within within our group. But I think I guess the biggest thing that I I've sort of tried to do, um, you know, since since coming in is is just get people excited about our sport. 
I mean, our, our sport is, is such an, it's such an amazing sport. I mean, it's, it's hard. It's, it's, you know, some, sometimes it can be brutal, but it's this incredibly fun game that um, can not only just be a, a true joy to play that you can play for a, a long period of time within your life, but, but also you're just going to meet some incredibly interesting and amazing people through it. And, and that, that to me, I think is just, it's, it's really cool. It's really, really cool. And, um, you know, I just, just in terms of like being at Georgetown and, and, um, you know, within the people I work or just the team, I I just want people to be excited like about our game and our sport and, and, and what it can bring and, and, um, and what it, what it truly is. I mean, you know, I, I, when I think about it, it's like, this is a game that's played by, you know, millions of people across the globe. There's, there's not many games that, that can do that. And that to me is, is really fascinating. Um, you know, you see, you know, you see all the venues that, that squash me played at throughout the world in front of the, you know, in front of the pyramids and, in in uh grand central terminal on and you know in front of the eiffel tower like uh, in all these things like i think that's so that's so amazing and it's just it's just a game that it you know at least for me has given me so much and it ex- exposed me to so much and has taught me so many things about life and and people and and all that stuff like you know I, if i can just bring that and and show people it's like hey this is a great game this is amazing like i think it will um hopefully i think it'll help just sort of spread the love that that you know we want to see this game grow right if that makes sense um i mean that's that's why we're doing this podcast right we want to we want to showcase college squash we want to see college squash grow um you know and and if if i can just showcase that excitement then then great i don't know if that answers your question but hopefully hopefully that that makes sense yeah um no totally you know i mean it was one of those things that you know it's funny when i was when i was interviewing the for the interviewing for the job um, you know, I was talking with, with the athletic director and, you know, one of the first things I said to him was like, Hey, look, like, I don't know if I'm, you know, if I'm the right guy or not, but like, I'm just so excited and so happy that you guys are starting a varsity squash program. I think it's just amazing. And, um, you know, and, and it's true. Like, even if I wasn't the head coach at Georgetown, I'd just be really excited. It's like, Hey, like Georgetown's got a varsity squash team. Like, that's amazing. Like, you know, I, let's, let's hopefully see more varsity squash teams, you know, pop up in, in different places. Um, you know, and if look and and what I do, what I do think is like if we can be, um, you know, if we can be a great example um, for other schools, you know, for starting a, starting a varsity squash team, then then great. Like, I, you know, if we're the, if we're the test subjects, then let's be a great test subject. <laughs> I said that makes sense. So, Tim, that's great, and <clears throat> I think, you know, I think the final question that that we want to ask, and um, and this has been awesome, and I think hopefully everyone that's listening and I think future players of yours are listening, you know, and, and, and getting really excited about, about Georgetown squash and where it's going is that you took that leap of faith, as Jackson said, to start something new. What advice would you get, you know, what advice would you give um, someone that, that might want to take that, that, that might be worried about taking that leap of faith, starting something new, uh, going against kind of, the odds, as you would say, and, and starting, you know, and, and going up against, you know, you know, cause in college squash, obviously we've have a small number of schools and, and, um, you know, usually it's been, it's been the same schools that have been really successful. So, um, 
why why take why take a job like that you know like that why would it be so great for them what um advice what are three things that you would advise that coach on and then last but certainly not least like we want you we want to know why it is that you love college squash yeah um i would say look if for anybody if you're if you're passionate about something right if you if you love something right you you've you have you have the opportunity and chance to do it then then do it right i know there's there's always people who you know think i mean and i've you know dilly i know you've spoken about this before and and, you know just in terms of like oh getting getting the opportunity to potentially play you know professionally or uh coach in college squash or or coach squash or do something within squash if you're passionate about the game and and if you're or just anything in general passionate about something in within your life like you've you got to hold on to that and you've got to um you know, not be afraid to, uh, to, to, to make that leap. Because if you are passionate, like you're going to do whatever it takes to, to be successful in that. And, and that to me, I think is just, you know, one of the most important things. If you, if you love it, then, um, you know, then, Hey, you're, you're going to, you're going to do what you need to do to, to make sure that you hold on to that. Um, if that makes sense. Um, you know, I think, um, you know, one of the reasons why I love, love college squash is, um, look, where, where else are you going to, you know, train, compete and, and just have this high level of competition as a, as a team, as a group, when you can, you know, hopefully lead a group of people all together towards, towards one goal. I think it's just, it's just such a unique bit about our game. And I think it just, it motivates people and players to, to just a different level. Um, you know, I think that's, that's just what is really special about college squash. And, um, you know, when, when, you know, look, if, you know, you can, you can do it together as a group. I think it just, it just amplifies everything, every bit of your experience and, um, that's I think that's just what makes it makes it special and that's why I love it. Awesome. Tim, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for making time for us today. Um and and this is like the type of stuff that we want to do on the shows. We don't just want to talk about it's you have to. You have to talk about yep. um you know the pens as as much as Gilly may may not um love that. You have to talk about the pens and the Harvards and the 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 Trinities and those those other schools um as well at the top but it's so so important to highlight um the stuff that you're doing because it's unique and it's like and we we as we talked about so much today is it's something that doesn't happen often as we have these programs that are kind of established and those are the ones that win every year and we have to highlight stories when there are certain programs on the rise and there's certain new programs and outstanding coaches doing stuff like what you're doing and um it's great for squash it's great for women's squash um, it's, you know, been, you know, absolutely fantastic to kind of see, uh, the rest of the Georgetown program. And, um, so yeah, so we, we thank you for coming on. We thank you for, um, for your role kind of in the growth of the game and then helping out here. And yeah, I, we, we can't think enough and we hope to, uh, to do this again soon. I don't know if Gilly has anything to add there. No, I just, uh, thanks Tim. And I, I, I know Tim's personality. He wouldn't be the person to say this, but I can say it for him this, that, that their, their program is on the rise and, and they're coming for people. So, uh, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> 
he uh he's, he's done a great job of building it up and and um you know we're everyone that's close to him is super proud of him and what he's doing so um keep doing what you're doing bud and uh we really appreciate having you um you know you making the time for us and having you on the show today oh thanks for having me guys like this is this is always fun and look if you know if there's a chance to talk about i mean look college squash has given me so much within my life and and if um, um anything that can help just amplify college squash and increase college squash and make it better and then I'm, I'm always all for it like this is this is something i'm truly passionate about so i'm really you know i'm i'm really excited to see what you guys are doing and and um i think it's just it's just great and and i agree with you guys the more we can continue to kind of get these stories out there then 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 I'm, I'm always all for it so it's it's really cool to see so you know so thank you for having me on uh, i really appreciate it and uh, and thanks for all that you guys do as well uh, say hi won't fame so bad it's all i can think about yeah that i'm on a billboard and i'm making my mama proud yeah Hosting a meet and greet and I'm signing my signature, yeah Random people, they stopping me, can I get in a pick with ya? Oh, hey, oh How you look in the crowd, yeah And I got fans now, god damn I got fans now Oh, hey, oh They singing out loud now They singing my words out, they singing my words Say I just want the fame, yeah, so bad Thinking about the things